I didn't hate it, but I didn't especially like it either. This is episode 55 of the Movie Bite podcast, where we discuss, praise, lament, or lampoon movies, TV shows, and more. Today is Wednesday, August 7th, 2013. I'm your host, TJ, and here with me is my partner in crime, undercover DEA agent, etc., Chad Hopkins. How are you, Chad? I'm doing great, TJ. How are you? Pretty good. How's the undercover work going? Uh, it's so-so. So-so, yeah. Keeping me busy. Can't, yeah. really, can't, can't tell me about it or you'd have to kill me? Oh, definitely. Yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> cool. Well, good, good to know. Good stuff. Uh, so um, you are not going to be with us next week, though, uh, because no, you are I'm going not. to do this undercover work stuff. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. So uh, for those of you who have been missing uh, Joe's, uh, what shall we say, um, his his radio voice, you know, um, he's going to be back with me on the podcast in two weeks. Uh, next week I'll have uh, Fizz back on the podcast to take your place because you're going to be out for two weeks and then – the following week, Joe will be on with me, and don't ask me what we're going to review because I don't remember right off the top of my head. Uh, Elysium is next week, and uh, Percy Jackson is the one I'm reviewing with Joe. And uh, if you do want to catch more, Joe, I wanted to mention this at the top of the show, Movieology. They finally uh, recorded episode five, and it features Joe fairly heavily. He's going to be more involved with Movieology from now on. It was a pretty good show, Movieology episode 5, so you'll want to check that out. I'll make sure that's in the show notes. Uh, I do love that show, even though it's not the type of show that I could do myself. Um, those guys really can get down and, and really dive deep into a movie and talk about it, so it's pretty fun stuff. Yeah, I'm looking forward to listening to that episode myself. Cool. Well, good. I'll, I'll put that in the show notes. And uh, so that was, I think that's all the mentionable things I have before we dive into trailers, so let's dive into trailers. In a world. In a world. 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 In a world. All right, so this week, uh, the trailers and clips will be uh, coming from Elysium, The Frozen Ground, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, the upcoming film titled Jobs, uh, Riddick, Ender's Game, Muppets Most Wanted, and Thor The Dark World. So let's let's start with Elysium. Uh, this is a film that um, I, I think definitely has some potential, although I've been a little worried about it um, just from a few standpoints. But I think it's going to do well, and I think I think overall I will probably enjoy it. Here, here's a here's a quick clip. Max Nicostra, thirty six years old, violation today at bus stop thirty four B. What's in the bag? Hair products, mostly. I'm just, hey, 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 just going to work. Thank you, citizen. No, thank you. Immediate extension of parole duration by a further... Wait, what? No, 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 no. Elevation and heart rate detected. What are you like, a pill? No, I am okay. Thank you. Are you being sarcastic and or abusive? <laughs> so, um, it's, there's definitely, I think, even going to be a little bit of humor in this film, but there's definitely, I think, going to be a serious... A serious element to it. This film opens. Um, uh, in fact, I could get tickets for it tomorrow night at, at like uh, eight or whatever at my local theater. I won't be seeing it till Friday, but I will definitely be seeing it. Looking forward to it. Um, what do you have to say, Chad? I'm I'm still willing to give it a chance. I'm not particularly looking forward to it. I, I'm I want to see it. I'm not. I don't have an opinion really either way right now. It's just it exists. Sure, I'll give it a chance. Yeah, and but this this trailer uh, was very long and it was very like spoilery in a way. Yeah, I was gonna say that too. Like like this trailer. Uh, so this is the Elysium extended trailer. There's also several clips and featurettes telling us about a character named Kruger, um, and all of it seems very spoilery to me. And of course, you know, running a a, a website like Movie Byte, a prestigious job, uh, um, where where I do nothing but lay around and watch movies, you know, um, right. I, I do have to watch these things so that I can have an opinion about them and then talk about them on the website and on the podcast. And I I wish sometimes let, that like what are what is what are they thinking putting out stuff like this? I mean, it feels maybe I'll feel different after I've seen the film maybe it won't be as spoilery as i think maybe there's something else going on but it feels very like they're putting out way too much info about this film i know they have to walk this line between um you know uh getting you interested and getting you out to the theater but yet they you know they need to preserve the experience like i don't want to see the whole film in trailer form 
Right. It, it just felt like they were outlining the entire plot for me here, and I didn't really care for that. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So be be warned about that. These will be in the show notes, the Elysium Extended Trailer, and um, one, two, three clips, uh, two links in the show notes there, uh, which, by the way, for this episode will be at moviebyte.com slash mbpodcast slash 55? Yes, 55. This is episode 55, so... Um, yeah, so be aware of that when you check these out, um, that maybe you don't want to. I mean, if you're already planning on seeing the film, maybe you want to wait. You only really have to wait until Friday when the film opens anyway. So, that's the deal. And, yeah, there's definitely, um, there's definitely some interest here for me. Um, I'm just concerned about what kind of a picture they're painting exactly. I I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I, I'm, I'm not going to say too much until I've seen the film because it may be really good and it has the potential to be really good. I know, yeah, for sure. I know Corey, you know, he's uh, one of our contributors here at Movie Byte, and he really is looking forward to it. Um, he, he loves Neil Blomkamp stuff. Uh, he's been a big advocate of District 9, for instance, which I haven't seen yet. I plan to. Just haven't gotten around to seeing it yet. So Same here. So, you know, um, yeah, there's, there's some potential for sure. <clears throat> so let's move on to The Frozen Ground and uh, – this is a this is a film coming up that uh, stars Vanessa Hudgens and uh, Nicolas Cage. Neither of which I'm super excited about. I mean, Nicolas Cage, eh, he's so so. He's been in some good things, you know. Particularly, um, what's that? Uh, um, <laughs> I've forgotten the name of it. He's he's kind of famous for it now. There was two films in the series. National Treasure. Yes, thank you. National Treasure. The first one was good. I didn't like the second one too much. Um, so, you know, he's hit or miss for me. Vanessa Hudgens, I've just never had much interest in, but I am interested in this film. And this is a, this is a clip from The Frozen Ground, so. I barely hear it because there's not a lot going on. He's starting a record. Yes, a record. <laughs> okay, so it, it seems really slow and he's moving around the head like, what, who knows what's going on? He's doing something with the fire. But wait a minute, wait a minute, what's going on now? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> so this clip sort of, you know, it's like, oh, what? I don't know what I'm watching. It's not, it's, it's boring, but it's about to get really interesting, I think. I mean, it, it, you know, yeah. So he seems like a normal guy. And now we see he's got a girl chained up, and she hasn't been able to use the restroom, apparently. So, I I think that um, this film, well, it's hard to say, like, I know for sure this is going to be a good film, or I know for sure it's going to be a bad film. It certainly holds interest and potential. It's certainly going to be intense, I think. Um, And, uh, you know, there could be a real story here, you know, even though the, the, the subject matter certainly is going to be very serious, I think, from what I can tell. Right. Right. I, I think I'm looking forward to this film in the sense that it's not a big blockbuster with lots of CGI. It's not something uh, it's not a comedy, of course, and it, it, it is going to be taking itself a lot more seriously. And I'm ready to see a, a very a little bit more story based film out. Uh, not saying that there haven't been some, but the summer is always a time to really focus on the blockbusters and the CGI effects. And sure, there's some good stories in that, but this just looks like it's all minimized and the story is really the only important thing. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that and the subject matter and seeing what these actors do with it will be interesting too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. And, and you're right. That's, that's certainly part of the draw. I think for me is, is the lack of um, big blockbuster CGI status. I mean, let's just tell a, a story that needs to be told. I won't say a good story. Cause obviously I'm not an advocate for serial killers and, you know, kidnapping girls and chaining them up and, and stuff like that, but um, right. which, which is obviously what's going on here. Um, and and so the idea here is that um, this girl is going to help. Uh, she, somehow she's going to get loose, and she's going to help an, the, uh, an Alaskan state trooper named Jack uh, Halcombe on a quest to f- finally lock up a serial killer named Robert Hansen. So, um, so anyway, that's that's uh, the frozen ground. I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested for sure. So we'll we'll Me see too. what we'll see what comes of it. Um, and I think it'll be a good, maybe despite Vanessa Hudgens and Nicolas Cage. So Fizz in the comments says that he can't wait to go out of his way to continue not watching any movie with Nicolas Cage, which I say, dude, you're missing, you're missing out. (laughs) 
So <laughs> anyway, now here's one that I'm really excited about. This is uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. There are three trailers. I will just play one of them. Coulson has requisitioned a mobile unit to which you were assigned. No. I go in alone. I get it done. Not exactly a team player. We're not exactly a team. Where's that? That's a superhero agent ward. We're not the only ones interested in people with powers. The world will want to exploit him. He's going to need some help. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Series premiere Tuesday, September 24th on ABC. So, yeah, I'm really interested in this show. And and part of the draw, I mean, it, it feels like a little bit, I was thinking about this the other day, there's a slightly similar line, I think, to Heroes. Did you ever watch a TV show, Heroes? No, I had lots of friends who were into it, but for some reason I never really watched. Okay, all right, Chad, homework. Go watch <laughs> Heroes. You must watch Heroes. You have to. It had its ups and downs like any TV show, but overall the arc was very good, and Overall, I enjoyed enjoyed the show very much. They they definitely had some trouble. I believe it was season two with the writer strike that went on and everything. Um, and it was a short season, and you could tell the writing was suffering because they couldn't do any rewriting on the set and et cetera. However, how all those things work. So, um, yeah, it it definitely I think in some respects has a similar feel to Heroes, but this is Joss Whedon, so. Um, it's, it's going to be really good for sure, I think. And, uh, I, I just can't wait. I, I can't say a lot more about it, except I can't wait. Right. I, I'm really excited to see the standout, uh, stand out from the cinematic universe, but I'm actually kind of hoping a little bit for the cinematic universe to cross over every once in a while. So well, like, like yeah. a Thor or Captain America, like, wouldn't it be cool to have Robert Downey Jr. in the season finale? Or, or just something like that every once in a while. I don't want yeah. them to feature too heavily because this is supposed to be set apart. Yeah, and I don't think we're going to see the big name actors. I th- they've already said right. there will be some crossover. I think it's just frankly way too expensive to get Robert Downey oh. Jr. in an episode, I believe, unless he, out of the goodness of his heart, will just appear in one. I yeah. believe it'll just be too expensive. I I would be happy to be wrong because you're right. I would love to see some appearances from some of the bigger names in the show. But yeah. even without that, I think that the that the show will be a, a, a well done, a good show. I think. Oh, I agree. And, uh, I'm uh, really looking forward to it. Yeah, and 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 it's going to be great. I think to dive into the Marvel universe in a bit more of a everyday kind of a tangible way, instead of having you know all the Marvel Cinematic Universe so far has been the big blockbuster films, and everything is earth shattering, world shaking. You know, uh, ancient gods, Norse gods coming down from the sky. Right. You know. <laughs> And, uh, you know, Captain America uh, being frozen and, and essentially time traveling um, kind of, you know, and you, you got Iron Man, of course. So it's going to I think this is going to be interesting in a way that only Joss Whedon can make a show like this interesting. Um, and, and, you know, if you've never seen any of Joss Whedon's other shows, immediately go watch Firefly right now. And certainly after that, watch some Buffy and some Angel. So which I'm given to understand, Chad, you have not watched any of. I know. Mm. I, I, I'm keeping a list. It's called TJ as uh, stuff TJ tells Chad to recommend on Movie Bite <laughs> or watch on Movie Bite. Yes. Well, you you have to. You must. I mean, your right. your education and your, your life experience is not complete until you've done that. You young whippersnapper. Okay. You young whippersnapper. You. <laughs> so, um, the upcoming film called Jobs, and it's not about getting a job. It's about Steve Jobs. Um, and there are three clips. Uh, some quick uh, Instagram trailers, two, three, three of those, and then a featurette, all of which are very interesting. And I think, I think this film will even hold appeal, even if you're not an Apple uh, kind of a person like I am, that I love all things Apple. Um, but I think this film will have much better, much broader appeal than that because um, everybody knows the story of Steve Jobs, right? Like even if you hated Apple products, you couldn't help but admire the guy for the things that he did, the things that he created and the things that, that, that happened in his lifetime. And so I think this film is going to be very interesting. Here's just a quick uh, little clip. You know, if we're going to do this thing, we need to come up with a name, something, yeah, I know. something catchy, something. I've been thinking about it. Electric. It needs to be like, I don't know. What about enterprise computers? No. No Star Trek names. <laughs> I, I swear, I will drive this car fine, right fine, off fine, the fine, road. Fine, fine. I will run the car right off the road. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh i think they're definitely going to take some liberties here i mean who who really knows exactly what that conversation went like i don't think that that that's that level of detail has ever quite been divulged 
one of the reasons that I'm looking forward to this film, uh, I wrote about this back before I had moviebyte.com on my website, Buzzing Pixel, and I linked to it in this in this article as well, where I felt like Walter Isaacson did a really, really poor job with his um, biography of Steve Jobs. And uh, it, it was very poor, I thought. It was a waste opportunity. And I'm excited to see more stuff hopefully come out that's a little more true to what I wanted to see from Walter Isaacson, maybe. I don't know. And who knows if this is it. I'm just excited to see if it is. So will you be watching this? I probably will. But right now I'm just having a hard time seeing past Ashton Kutcher. Uh, I Really? I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I watched that 70s show and I'm very familiar with his character on that. Um, I'm not sure if I've ever actually seen him in anything. I mean, I've never, I never like religiously watched that 70s show, but I've seen a few episodes and it's funny and he's funny in it. And it's, it's just this kind of acting style that he has. And I'm still seeing that right here. Mm. And I, I'm not very much seeing Steve jobs. I, I almost would have preferred they picked somebody who isn't as well known to play Steve jobs, but, uh, he looks the part well enough, I think. And, Hopefully it'll be better uh, than I'm. my initial reaction is. Well, I can tell you this. As someone who has not seen Ashton Kutcher in anything that I can remember, um, he feels exactly like Steve Jobs to me, at least the younger Steve Jobs, like the clips and the videos that you see of Steve Jobs is younger. He talks like him. His cadence is right. His look is even right. I mean, it really feels like we're seeing Steve Jobs. Now, I will say that the clips of when he's older Steve Jobs, you know, uh, with with the round glasses and everything. You know, the, the Steve Jobs that we remember of, of very recent times, when he's that Steve Jobs, it doesn't feel as good. It, it feels like he's wearing makeup and stuff, and it just feels fake. I think there's a good possibility that in the context of this film, that it will, as he gradually gets there, that maybe we won't notice or we won't care. But that's a bit of a standout. I will I will give you that. But I think as younger Steve Jobs, he's hitting the nail right on the head from what I can tell from these clips. Okay, I'll have to watch some of uh, some older videos of Steve Jobs and see if I can make that comparison and see past Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. Like, I haven't seen Steve older Steve Jobs videos lately. I'm just, in my mind's eye, when I see Ashton Kutcher, I'm like, oh my goodness, he is Steve Jobs. It's crazy. Right. So um, I've got a link right here I'm about to paste in the chat room. It's a side-by-side comparison of Ashton Kutcher as old Steve Jobs and uh, Steve Jobs. And uh, oh, so, so it's, the, okay. it's a split screen kind of thing okay. where it's pretty interesting. He obviously Kutcher's on the left and uh, Steve Jobs. It's the it's the photo from the Walter Isaacson auto or biography. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll put that in. But, but he's not impressing me nearly as much as older Steve Jobs um, here. Certainly in this like split screen comparison, right. it certainly works. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, and I think in the context of the film, it won't be as big of a deal. Um, let me get that into the show outline so I don't forget about it, and then we will move on. Uh, there we okay. go. Unless you had anything else you wanted to add about Steve Jobs. Nope, that's it. Okay, Riddick. Uh, this is a new trailer from Regal Movies. You know, the thing is, it starts out pretty much like all the trailers now are starting out, even the little promos where this dragon kind of creature swoops down, grabs hold of a hand, and then the hand grabs hold of it and chokes it. Whatever happens, no matter what they tell you, when the chains come off, you go in the first five seconds. (laughs) <laughs> so that's Riddick not too impressed with uh, uh, whatever the, his captors are doing. Um, you know, I, I certainly have some interest in this film. It's going to be an R-rated film. I posted the Red Band trailer a couple weeks ago, if our memory serves, uh, just to warn people of, of exactly what you'd be getting into. Um, but it, it definitely holds some interest for me. I, I need to see the first one, The Chronicles of Riddick, uh, and it's on my list. I, I will definitely see it uh, before I go see this one in the theater, so... Uh, that's, that's, I don't really know anything else to say about it. I just wanted to mention it. It was one of the trailers that came out last week. So, or actually it was the beginning of this week. I think you got anything, Chad? Nah, I'm still not really interested in this film. Not my, not my style. Okay. All right. Well, maybe here's one that is, and that's uh, Ender's game trailer number two. They nearly destroyed us. They will be back. There's greatness in you, Ender. 
The world needs you. You were bred for this. You see things in a way we can't. You alone can understand the enemy. You will be the one. So the interesting thing about the films this year is there seemed to be, I've mentioned this on the podcast before, I know, I can't remember if it was with you or Joe, I think it was with you, Chad, on one of the episodes. Um, there's, there's been a lot of apocalypse-themed films this year, and, and here's yet another one. It's kind of post-apocalyptic or in the midst of the apocalypse or something, I, you know. Right. I, I don't know what's up with that theme lately, but it's, it's I guess it's like probably left over from the Mayan, you know, 2012 predictions, and, you know, people started putting films in motion that now we're seeing. You know? Yeah, I, I think when we talked about this earlier, I uh, made the comparison to The Hunger Games. And The Hunger Games was very popular, very successful, mm-hmm. and it's in that apocalyptic genre of film. And so I, I, I sort of speculated that that might have kickstarted the adult, uh, more geared toward adult, quote unquote, uh, uh, films to try and buy into that market and bring it to the adults. Yeah, it could be, you know. Um and really, I think the – I don't know. I feel like The Hunger Games is like following and, and, and shifting the tone a bit from maybe where we started veering off into the vampire films and the apocalyptic type of films that way. Um, and, right. and now I think The Hunger Games represents a different shift but still kind of apocalypse-themed type things, otherworldly. Um, yeah, it's definitely a trend that we're seeing and I don't mind it so much. I mean, but, but at some point too, it's like, okay, let's, let's, let's find a different trend to be excited about. Right. Um, so as much as I love, you know, for instance, the hunger games, I, I, you know, and and I think I'm going to like Ender's game. I like a good sci-fi and I think I'm going to like Ender's game. I'm kind of ready to move on past the apocalyptic stuff for a while and come back to it later. I will say, I will say this about the Ender's game trailer. That CGI, I hope that's not final CGI that we're seeing in the film. It looks extremely fake. I was not impressed. And I normally, oh. like, normally, I don't, like, I, I don't just go, oh, that CGI looked really bad. I, I really just don't pay that much attention. Sure, I have an affinity for practical effects, but in the context of films and trailers, I don't scrutinize them too closely, you know. But but this, uh-huh. this like, jumped out at me and said, this is not nice. This is not good-looking stuff. <laughs> I, I didn't know. really notice that, but I'll have to rewatch and sort of pay attention to that. Okay, yeah, and let, let me know what you think. Maybe next time we'll put that in as follow up. So, uh, yeah, we're going to get to see Ender uh, work his magic on November the first. So, looking forward to it. Looking forward to reading the book first. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to get to do that. I believe it or not, I'm I'm re-listening to the Harry Potter series. Oh, that's great! It's <laughs> always good fun for like you know the tenth time. Is it's, it's like uh-huh. I, there's other books that I want to I have on, on, on tape uh, or actually on in my iTunes library that I want to listen to. And I'm like, uh, Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Just out of curiosity, are you listening to the Jim Dale recording? There is no other. Jim okay. Dale is the only. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, yeah, he, he's amazing. This is a sidetrack, but if you have the chance to listen to Harry Potter by Jim Dale and you haven't yet, you are missing out. He's amazing. He is. And the Harry Potter series is amazing uh, as books. <laughs> the movies, nah, you know, so-so. The books are amazing. Moving on. Now, Chad, I'm, I'm going to let you carry the torch on this one. I'll just play a clip, and then I'll let you talk about Muppets Most Wanted. Okay. In the history of filmmaking, the sequel always strives to be <laughs> better, sequel! older, sequel! and bigger. Sequel, sequel! <laughs> sequel! Next spring. Finally! Oh, I am so happy! There's no sequel. This is going to be great. Like a Muppet sequel. So that's uh, Muppets Most Wanted. And Chad, you told me, uh, I can't remember if it was chat or email or Facebook or something that you were, Twitter, Twitter that you had a, a, like an affinity for the Muppets. So tell us oh, a little I, about that. I do. I don't know what kickstarted it, but all through college and high school, my best friend and I watch um, Muppet Treasure Island all the time. It's just one of those movies that we can never get tired of. And we laugh every time at the same jokes. And then when the Muppets came out back in 2011 and we went and saw it on Thanksgiving, uh, we went with our families and they were laughing more at us than at the movie because we were enjoying it so much. <laughs> right. And it's just one of those things that I, I don't know if I can fully explain it. It, it. I just love the Muppets and the the 2011 movie was so great. And I'm really looking forward to the sequel, especially since they're bringing actors like Ricky Gervais and Ty Burrell and Tina Fey to the table. It just seems like it's going to be so much fun. And 
they they brought the Muppets back in a big way in 2011, and I'm really excited to see them continue that. Let me, let me see if I can illustrate my experience with the Muppets. Here. <laughs> did you ever watch that show i did watch the muppet babies it, uh, i i like i just love the muppets and i don't know i i i have a lot to say about the muppets but probably now is not the best time okay well but, uh, I'm, I'm they're, sure we'll- they're very they're very tongue-in-cheek they're very uh breaking they, they like to break the fourth wall and nobody breaks the fourth wall better than the muppets do and it they're just so much fun and i'm really looking forward to this movie yeah, and, and uh, I, I don't quite see the uh, appeal myself, but I, I get it. Like, and, and for some reason, I, I watched the Muppet Babies, and I, I think I've watched like other Muppet shows. I don't remember them very well. I do remember Saturday morning cartoons watching the Muppet Babies, um, and I don't know. Like, was that? I know you're younger than I am. Was it like actually airing on the air when you saw it, or did you see it in reruns? I'm not sure. Do you know when it ran? Oh, that's a good question. You talk a little I'm- bit more about the Muppets, and I'll look it up. Okay. Um, Muppet oh, babies. It won an Academy Award. The first one did. Let's see if they can pull it off uh, the second time. Okay. It, uh, Muppet Babies ran from 1984 through 1991. Okay. Then no. I, it was not airing live when I was watching it. I was watching reruns. Okay. I was watching like new episodes. This is how old I am. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I, I, obviously I would have been two in 1984. So, um, it, I wouldn't have caught, I, I, but I came in like later in the run and, and I probably did see reruns, but I was also watching it live. And I, I remember the episode that I just played for you from YouTube. I remember watching that when it first aired it so um <laughs> and <laughs> i look memories. at it now and it, i i remember why i liked it so much even though it's cheesy and silly and stupid they were completely i mean you know star wars and star trek and the jetsons was in here i mean what, there's three parts to this you should watch them all i'm gonna put this in the show notes uh make sure that gets in there i don't think i have that in our outline let me okay. copy and paste that uh it's worth watching just for the laughs i mean it's 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 uh uh, what what can you say? But as far as the Muppets movie goes, I really don't quite get it. Uh, and and you you all can can throw flames at me for that. <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, how many Muppet movies has there been now? Lots, right? Uh, several. Yeah, there's the Muppet movie, the Great Muppet Caper, Muppets from Space, uh, etc. Yeah. So. You know, but I, I certainly understand why you all get excited about this sort of thing. I have my little things that I get excited about, uh, and uh, you all have yours. So, yeah, Muppets, and and I'm sure stick with us, Chad. If you if you don't leave me as Joe has, we'll be reviewing the the, the Muppet movie. I'm sure. Oh, I'm excited so. already. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me see. When was that coming out? Did I put the date in the article that I posted? If not, I believe it's next March. Okay, yeah, so next year, 2014. All right, one more on tra- on the trailer front, and that is Thor The Dark World, the official UK trailer. After all this time, now you come to visit me, brother. Why? To mock. I need your help. I wish I could trust you. If you did, you'd be the fool I always took you for. <laughs> so th- uh, this is the second film in Marvel Phase 2, and I'm pretty excited for it. I I, I did not like the first Thor film all that well. I, I shouldn't say I didn't like it because I liked it well enough. I'll watch it again. I, I gave it three out of five stars, and sure, it's in my library, and I'll watch it again. But it wasn't. It, it was one of the lesser films from Marvel Phase One, and and it just it, it was a little too goofy in places. It didn't take itself seriously. The plot was a little bit head scratching, huh? What? And right. so and and so it was. It's kind of the weak link leading up to the Avengers. This one I feel like is going to be entirely different. I feel like this is going to be a, a good strong film. What do you think? I'm really looking forward to it. See, I'd place the original Thor film uh, a. Just ahead of the Incredible Hulk, and what is wrong with you? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you and the rest of the world. I'm the only one that liked the uh, 2008 Incredible Hulk or 2009. I can't remember which it is, but the the recent Incredible Hulk with with Edward Norton. 
Right. I love that film. I didn't dislike it. It's just, I, I don't know. I don't care much for the Hulk as I, I liked the Hulk in the Avengers because he wasn't the main character. And that was my problem with the incredible Hulk and the whole end fight scene in Harlem was just, I don't know. It was strange and I didn't like it. Okay, well, you're entitled to your incorrect and unworthy opinion. <laughs> okay, and I and I'd place it definitely by way far ahead of Iron Man two, which is by far my least favorite you're right. Marvel film so far. You're absolutely right. Uh, I'd kind of not. I see. I tend to put Iron Man two out of my head. Iron Man two again. It's it's. Uh, I don't remember what I rated it exactly. I'm, I'm guessing probably around two and a half stars. Like I didn't didn't hate it so badly that it it that I felt like it needed to be scratched from existence, but. I didn't like it either, and and it was pretty oh, no. pretty terrible. It had you know just terrible. So you're right. Yeah. Thor is definitely a better film, the first one, and this one I I feel like I feel like this one's going to be good. Yes, I I think they finally got Thor and Loki right right in the Avengers, and so I'm really looking forward to them building that relationship a little bit more uh, in this film. The more of the Thor and Loki relationship, whereas they were very good characters in the Avenger. This is going to be about uh, them to working together finally. And hopefully we'll see some redemption for Loki. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm really looking forward to that because Tom Hiddleston is great. This is not spoilers cause we don't know, but I can tell you my prediction for this film. And again, if, if you don't want to hear my prediction tune out for about, you know, 20 seconds. Um, my prediction is that Loki is going to find some redemption and then he's going to die. That's, that's my prediction. Whether or not James Jane Foster dies, there's been a lot of people saying, oh, obviously, it's obvious. Look at the trailer. I, but I, that feels like a little too obvious to place in the trailer. If she does die, that's not it. And I don't think she will, but I think there will be other excuses why she doesn't appear very often in the Marvel Universe later. Yeah. But but I think for sure, I think I think Loki's going to bite the dust. And he's I gonna think find, so, too. I think he's going to find some redemption. Yeah, it seems like a pretty reasonable assumption. Yeah. Maybe he'll fall off another rainbow bridge. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that didn't work the last time, so maybe not too. <laughs> all right, well that's that's all the trailers we have to talk about. A lot, a lot of fun stuff coming up. So yeah, and uh, Elysium we'll be talking about uh, next week. Too bad you can't be with us, Joe. Uh, Chad, <laughs> Joe. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to do that. It happens. Yeah. Okay. No so moving on to the movie news, we'll breeze through this real quick and then talk about two guns. Uh, we have the Hobbit extended edition coming to Blu-ray on DVD and we have a deleted scene that'll be in the show notes. Um, but, but man, I thought we saw the extended edition already. It was the one that showed up in the theaters. Yeah. I mean, it was plenty long enough. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, and they've already split one book into three films where previously they made th- uh, one book into one film with each of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I mean, come on. I don't yeah. and and there's 13 more minutes of this film on the Blu-ray release. My wife is jumping up and down excited about this because she's a huge Tolkien nerd. But I I really am like I think Peter Jackson really needs somebody to help him out in the editing room to make him help him make those tough decisions. <laughs> because he's like like I I I picture him sitting in the editing suite going, "No, we can't cut that because that no and that and that's pretty fun." And then he's, no, let's just just put it all in. Just put it all in. We'll we'll, we'll make more movies. We'll make it work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know what his mindset is either. I don't know why we need more, especially 13 minutes more. But I don't know. I, I'm not completely opposed to it. I just don't see what he could have left out. Yeah, no, I don't get it. Like, and he's already putting stuff in that's not in the books. Which now, granted, he's he's incorporating more elements from the Tolkien universe than just the Hobbit. Like, he's telling part of the uh, uh, is it the Silmarillion? I think uh, that he's incorporating elements from I that. I think so. And uh, the appendices from the Lord of the Rings. Right. Exactly. So he granted. I mean, sure, I could see making two films, but three. That's crazy. Anyway, yeah. so if you're if you're excited and interested about this, this this will be a purchase that the Drapers will make, thanks to my wife. So <laughs> I'm probably I'm sure I'll <laughs> sit down and watch it. Um, but so the Hobbit Extended Edition Blu-ray that's coming out. Uh, oh, I've, I've already closed the window and I meant to tell you all the date. So let me open that back up. Um, did I not put the date in the article? Mm. Not that I see. Nope, didn't look like it. All right, well it's coming soon. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Works. Pacific Rim is doing well in China, so a sequel is now more likely, according to Nikki uh, Finke at the deadline at Deadline.com. Um, and and you know what? It was one of the better films this year, so that that makes me somewhat happy um, to hear that a sequel might be more likely. 
You have- I still haven't seen it. Um, I'm looking forward to see it, but uh, I just haven't gotten around to it yet because I was on vacation when it came out. Yes, I remember. I had to get Fizz uh, on the show to uh, review it with me. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I liked Pacific Rim well enough, and uh, I think a sequel is warranted. Um, there's been some talk, too. I didn't put this in the uh, show notes. So I'm going to make a note to get it in here. Uh, there's been some talk about uh, that, that Charlie Day was supposed to be the villain in uh, Pacific Rim 2, and uh, I know you haven't seen the movie yet, Chad, but for those who have, uh-huh. I think this makes a certain amount of sense. Um, and, and, and that's because he's um, – I think that maybe he wouldn't be the villain directly. I think that maybe because he's been drifting with the, the, the mind of the kaiju that maybe they can somehow exercise some sort of control over him. I could see that working really well. So that would be interesting to me. I know some people in the comments on when I posted the article on face, on Movie Bites Facebook account were not too excited about that, but I, I think it could work. So anyway, here's one that you can tell us about, Chad, that you posted on uh, Movie Bite. Why don't you take the reins on this one? Okay, James Cameron has upped the Avatar sequel count to three. So instead of just an Avatar 2 and an Avatar 3, there will now be also be an Avatar 4. And... While I admit that I enjoyed the original Avatar pretty well, I saw it in theaters in 3D as, as, it, was, as it was meant to be seen. And um, I, I own it on Blu-ray. I, I, I like the film well enough. I mean, it, it is very derivative. It's very predictable. But I enjoyed the first film. But I, maybe one sequel I think would be warranted. But the way I see it, if, if, this second, if the first sequel doesn't go well, then who's going to go see this, the third and the fourth? The they're making these three films all at the same time. They're they're producing, filming, doing everything for this uh, the next three films all at the same time. And so they're spending a lot of money and taking a big risk on something that may not pay off, I think. Yeah, but how much money did the first Avatar film make? I, I really don't know. I'm looking it up right now. But if you know, tell me. Um, it's the highest grossing film of all time is all I can tell you. I'm looking it up. Um Worldwide, two million seven uh two billion seven hundred eighty-two million two hundred seventy-five thousand one hundred and seventy-two worldwide. I should think that's the highest-grossing film of all time, and that's crazy. The film looked yeah. absolutely, completely uninteresting to me. But you're telling me I should see it. I think it's worth seeing in high definition at least once, and then you decide from there whether you want to see more. I I would be interested in seeing one. And who knows? It might be good. Um, I also wrote in this article that he's bringing on uh, extra screenwriters. So Hmm. unlike his previous projects, James Cameron is not writing this film by himself, which uh, he's not very good at, I should say. Oh, this is interesting. I I knew Zoe Saldana had been in this film. I did not know that Sigourney Weaver or Michelle Rodriguez were in this film. Yes. Uh, Also composed – music was composed by James Horner. So yes. maybe I, I guess I guess maybe I should see this film at some point. I it just I wasn't running Movie Bite when it came out, and I just it just looked so uninteresting to me that I just didn't see it. So maybe I'll maybe I'll fix that. Anyway, yeah, and and I, at the same while I do agree with you though, at the same time this film did make two bill over two billion dollars, and so I think they're thinking that their success is almost guaranteed. And, you know, and look at films like Lord of the Rings, although I'm not putting this on the same level as Lord of the Rings. Look at films like Lord of the Rings. They were made all three pretty much at the same time, uh, you know, one right after the other. Even before the first one was out in theater, they were working on the second and, you know, et cetera. So it could work for them. But you're right. It's kind of suspect. It it could work. And I think the difference between the Lord of the Rings and this is the Lord of the Rings was based on a 50, 60 year old, very popular uh, science or fantasy uh book series yeah and this while there were lots of people who went and saw the first film obviously i think lots of people will go see the second one and the second one for sure is going to make a lot of money but if it doesn't go over the way cameron is hoping it to go over i don't see how the third and fourth film which will just be coming out the next two years afterward will do as well yeah yeah that's i mean that's a problem yeah, you know, and we're certainly seeing um, things that were expected to be huge blockbusters failing and flopping right now. So, you know, I suppose right. it's not outside the realm of possibility. Spe- yeah, speaking, like, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry, but like I said, there, he's bringing on extra screenwriters this time. It's it's weird how he's doing this though. He's bringing in two people to he's bringing in people to help them write each script. So the script for Avatar Two is being written by James Cameron, 
and then this person and then for three it's james cameron and this other person and so he's getting a different person to collaborate with him for each of these three film scripts and that seems strange to me but as i mentioned in the article james cameron's not very good at writing scripts on his own and he's not very original he doesn't write dialogue well especially and if somebody can come in and help him with that then all power to him hopefully it'll come out better if this film can have take the visuals from the first film and add a new story then i think it stands a chance a good story yeah well we'll see uh and i'll have to see the first one so that i can speak more directly to it let's talk about uh born uh, without born if you want to be born again (laughs) (laughs) um this is a little crazy to me um according to kevin uh jaggernath over at the playlist um you need to get out your chems and get ready to run as Iron Cross is getting ready to kick some more behind. While the side cool spinoff, The Born Legacy, did solid, if not exactly spectacular business. It's the lowest grosser in the franchise, but also did about the same numbers as Matt Damon's first time in the bat at bat in the series. It was enough for Universal to start considering a fifth film. I think I'm going to be sick, because who wants to see another Born film without Jason Born? I certainly don't. Me neither. Here's the thing, like, um, and, and he's absolutely right. Uh, okay, so the Born Identity worldwide grossed $214 million, uh, on a budget of $60 million. So that's a huge, huge win, and it was a great film. Born Supremacy wasn't as good of a film, um, and it made $288 million worldwide and had a slightly bigger budget at $75 million. The Born Ultimatum did $442 million worldwide on a budget of $110 million, and it was a great film. Uh, Born Legacy did 276 million worldwide on a budget of 125 million. I don't understand what, why they're making another one. And, and the thing yeah. is, the thing is that the born legacy was not a good film it, by no. any stretch of the imagination. And I know I, I, I hadn't heard anybody argue that it was before, except for my brother-in-law who I don't understand his opinion there, but, but, <laughs> but somebody in the comments on Facebook again is, is arguing with me. Oh no, no, it was good except for the ending. Well, if you don't have a good ending, you don't have a good film. And the reason it didn't have a good ending is because there wasn't a good story to tell here. <laughs> I agree. Um, I, the only reason I would want another Bourne film is if Matt Damon came back. And if we could see uh, Matt Damon and Jeremy Renner alongside each other, I think that would be really cool. But that's not going to happen right now, especially. No, and Matt I Damon has said want... no, basically. Really? I, I, th- I thought I had read at one point that he, was, he would be interested, but I don't think the Universal or whoever makes it is interested. Well, what Matt Damon said was that he didn't, he didn't see how now that they've made born uh, legacy with Jeremy Renner, that how he, how it would make sense for him to come back or how they could do it. And, you know, they've just kind of messed. Basically what he's saying is they screwed up the world and I'm not interested in coming and helping him fix it. <laughs> oh, that's fair. I can agree with him there. Yeah. And I completely agree. Like, and, and this is not against Jeremy Renner. Cause I think Jeremy Renner is a fine actor. Um, but this is about the director and the script, and it was not good. It was not good. So, no, it wasn't. And Jeremy Renner was the only part about this film I liked, aside from the music. Yeah, and I didn't even like him. Like, I like him, but I didn't like him here because his part was so bad. Like, it just didn't even make any sense. None of it made any sense. None of it. Yeah. None of it, I tell you. <laughs> but on to, uh, no, not on to happier news, on to meh news and that is that uh mission has been accepted christopher mccrory is to direct uh i made a typo uh mi5 mission impossible 5 and you know it's it's kind of like yeah it'll be fine um i didn't hate gross ghost protocol Uh, i think it was actually better than the mi3 uh jj abrams uh film but um you know uh, at the same time it feels like we're going to be getting into franchise fatigue soon did you have you seen any Mission Impossible? Please tell me you've seen some Mission Impossible films. Yes, Ghost Protocol was the first Mission Impossible film I've seen, and I own the first three now. Okay. Um, I, I I I'm well. I'm ex- I'm upset that Brad Bird isn't coming back because I really really enjoyed Ghost Protocol, and Brad Bird did a fantastic job with it. And this Macquarie guy, the only I, I I haven't I'm not very familiar with his filmography. He Jack the Reacher. last film he directed was Jack Reacher, right. and I enjoyed Jack Reacher. And if he could bring some of that to Mission Impossible, sure, that'd be great. But yeah. uh, I really liked Brad Bird and what he did. Yeah, I mean, so like Mission Impossible, I still think the first one is is the best. It's unbeatable. It, it was it was a really great film. Um, the second one, eh, third one, 
eh, maybe slightly better than the second one. Ghost Protocol was definitely a comeback, though, for me. Like, it, it's still not as good as the first one, but, you know, so so if they can continue the back go, coming back uptrend, I'm I'm sure I'm, I'm happy to, to let them do it. But at the same time, I kind of feel like maybe they should just let it go and, and make something else. Like, I, I would like to see more Jack Reacher, actually, but that's not going to happen given how poorly it did. Yeah. So, that's unfortunate. Um, all right. Uh, oh, I actually already mentioned this. Uh, Del Toro wanted uh, Charlie Day to be the villain in Pacific Rim 2. Since I basically already talked about this, I'll just say it's in the show notes, and we'll move on to Indy 5. Woohoo! We're going to get to see Indiana Jones 5! Oh, wait. I forgot. The first, the last one we saw was so terrible. <sighs> Uh, I, I I don't know. I should probably keep my opinion to myself. Oh, no, but. no, 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 no. This is what this podcast is for, man. It's <laughs> to get your opinion. You, you know, feel free to scold me. Okay. I did not hate Indiana Jones 4. Um, I don't know for you. Me, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, here, here's my story. I had never seen any Indiana Jones until I was about 16 years old. And I guess that would have been 2008. So just probably just before this film came out actually. And so I had never seen any Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones on the big screen before. And so when I walked into Indiana Jones four, I was a fresh fan. I was very excited and I loved it. I I thought it was so much fun and (laughs) I'm sorry, TJ, but I just think it was so much fun. It was, it was great seeing Harrison Ford back in the suit on, on the big screen. And I, I would be happy to see him come back. Uh, dying over here i gotta have some water <laughs> and i mean if if you really think about it now uh george lucas is out of the picture and so hopefully that would only mean good things for it after indiana jones 4 but isn't there a bit of a uh, question about who where the who, who like like who owns this franchise disney doesn't own this franchise do they are not solely anyway isn't there no, isn't it's, paramount, it's involved? paramount yeah 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 okay but 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 at the same time, though, it was a joint venture with Lucasfilm, and so whatever interest that Lucasfilm had had or has in that, Disney, of course, now owning Lucasfilm, would have. And here's here's what's weird about this is like these two companies don't necessarily always cooperate. So are they? I guess they're going to cooperate for this. I, I don't know. I don't know. I think that Paramount still has the rights to Indiana Jones films. I don't think Disney owns that. Right. No. I, yeah. I, I think that's correct. Uh, so I mean. I, don't, I think Disney's involvement in this would be pretty limited, but I, I think if Steven Spielberg is willing to come back and if Harrison Ford is willing to come back and George Lucas is as is least involved as possible. Yes, then, that's then the key element. Sure. I, I think I, I'd be happy to see Indy 5. So you, you think all the alien nonsense can be attributed to Lucas? Yes, I, I've actually read that somewhere where Lucas forced a lot of his ideas on Spielberg. It's like a prequel, prequel, prequel to Star Wars or something like this is or or no, it, it would be like a, a huge like I guess since Star Wars happened a, a long time ago, then this would be like maybe we're seeing aliens that have migrated to this universe many thousands or hundreds of thousands of years later. On. Whatever. I'm just trying to tie it and <laughs> try to think how his mind's thinking here, but I, I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, it, well, it, TJ, they're, they're interdimensional beings. They're not they're not they're not spacemen. Geez. oh my goodness goodness. that that movie was horrible on so many levels so many so many levels i mean that's fair but i i I had nothing but a good time in the theater and i i even in repeat viewings i can't i can't get myself to not like it i wanted nothing more than to drill my eyes out (laughs) all right okay well i think it's time to talk about two guns what do you think Sounds good to me. You ever heard the saying, never rob a bank across from a diner that has the best donuts in three counties? That's not a saying. Yes, it is. No, it's not. I get what you're saying, but it's not a saying. It is a saying. It's a saying now. So that's from the trailer for Two Guns, and it stars Denzel Washington and Mark Wahlberg. It came into theater, it appeared in theaters on August the 2nd, had a budget of $61 It opened to the dismal tune of $27 million and has so far made only $30 million. Of course, it's only its first week. It may come, it may snap out of that, but I wouldn't count on it. The uh, critical acclaim from Rotten Tomatoes says that it's formulaic and often jarringly violent. Two Guns uh, rest in old-school appeal on the interplay between its charismatic, well-matched stars. I would not say that it's formulaic, but we'll save that for a little bit later. It was directed by somebody whose name I probably will butcher, 
Balthazar Cormacur. Writers Blake Masters and Stephen Grant, starring Denzel Washington, Mark Wahlberg, Paula Patton, Bill Paxton, James Marsden, and Edward James Olmos. And music by Clinton Shorter. Have you ever heard of his music before? I've never heard of him, no. Me either. So, a DEA agent and naval intelligence officer find themselves on the run after a botched attempt to infiltrate a drug cartel. While fleeing, they learn the secret of their shaky alliance. And they neither neither knew that the other was an undercover agent. Chad, what would you think of this film? I didn't hate it, but I didn't <laughs> especially like it either. That sounds like the way I started my review. What, what was the first line I wrote? Let's see. Let me pull it up here. <laughs> it was, well, it wasn't terrible, but dot, dot, yeah. dot. <laughs> <laughs> right. That sounds that, that about sums it up. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it wasn't terrible, but it, Yeah. I mean, what, what can you say about this film? Um, it, it, uh, I actually, lots of it, I had fun with lots of it, but it was, it wasn't anything earth shattering. It, um, it, it wasn't like uh, a film. I, I probably won't like ever see the film again. Even I wouldn't say say that I would be interested in seeing it again. Although it was quite a bit of fun, I'll say to see uh, Edward James almost uh, again. I hadn't seen him since I've watched Battlestar Galactica. And you know what's interesting is he's playing a Mexican here, and I never saw him as a Mexican before. Have, have you ever seen any Battlestar Galactica? No, I haven't. Okay, when am I ever going to ask you about having seen something when you'll say yes? <laughs> Can you tell me when, when this will happen? Probably when it's not TV-related. I've never been a big TV watcher. Okay, all right. We've got we to gotta fix that. I, well, I'm working on it. He was Commander Adama from, uh, from Battlestar Galactica, and it's interesting. I watched all of that show, and I never saw a Mexican in, in, in him. And so all of a sudden he's this Mexican drug Lord, uh, Poppy Greco. And so immediately after, after the, I get out of the theater, I'm on my phone looking him up. Sure enough, he's of Mexican descent. And as I'm looking, I'm like, and, and throughout the film, I'm like, yeah, he really does look like a Mexican. That's really weird. Like I never saw that before. So but I don't know. My only experience with him in the past has been in uh stand and deliver from 1998, uh, which is based on a true story. And he, he plays uh Mexican American or, I don't remember what his nationality is specifically, but he's of the Hispanic uh, race of some sort. And he, I, I liked him in that. And he was nominated for Academy Award for Best Actor for that role. Oh, he was a, ter- so, he was a terrific actor. And, and the only other thing I've seen him in Battlestar Galactica and in this film too, he was great. So uh-huh. I'm trying to look through his filmography and see if there's anything else that I recognize him in. There's not really, but I, I, I don't know. I never... It never occurred to me to not think of him as a Mexican-American. Yeah, I think maybe if you'd started out with him uh, from Battlestar Galactica, maybe it would be different. Or, or maybe, maybe maybe I just didn't see it. Like, I just wasn't paying attention or didn't care. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. Like, you know, I really don't see race or care all that much. Like, a person's a person, and, and you're either a good person or a bad person in, in my book, you know? And right, I, I agree. Anyway, um, it's kind of a sideline, but it was kind of fun. Man, there was a lot of uh, like, like the primary themes of this film had had to do with corruption. Like everybody was corrupt except our two stars, right? Right. It, which, um, it bothered me a little bit. Yeah, it's just a little bit over the top. Like, come on, what is there? Nobody is there? Nobody who who can can be good guys too, or or be like secondary good guys, or assist our good guys, or somehow not just be completely and totally evil? Is there anybody? You know, not not even not even one of our heroes girl gets to be a good guy or any semblance of it. Right. You know, which is just it's just, you know, um, as much as I again, you can learn with me, Chad, everything goes back to Star Trek. As much as I like the, <laughs> the Star Trek franchise, um, I, I, I got a little frustrated and irritated with that. I mean, think about Star Trek three. There were no good guys except for our primary crew, like everybody in Starfleet was bad all of a sudden and i felt the same way here it's like every single person in this film is bad except for stig and bobby come on that's just i just, you just push believability here yeah and, and and it's just taxing it's really taxing to do that yeah there's lots to follow in this film i followed it pretty well but i could see how somebody could get easily lost or confused yeah and actually i i, I I'm going to say um, that was one of the things I did like is that the film, while it was a complex plot, it wasn't overly complex. Like it didn't like I feel like most people can follow it and it wasn't. See, the the, the critical acclaim from Rotten Tomatoes said formulaic and I didn't see that. I, I felt like the plot had plenty of nice little twists and turns 
and yes, there was one in particular I didn't like, but it was not something that did. In other words, it kept surprising me a little around every corner. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. And and so, yeah, I I, uh, I, I think that uh, critics calling it formulaic is a little strange. So, um, uh, let's see. The basic premise, I think, works really well. Um, the, the just, you know, the whole, you know, you, I, I don't want to say it's just a buddy cop movie because you, you get something kind of in your head about what that means. And, and yes, it's kind of like a buddy cop movie. But it's a really good one. Like you wouldn't expect it, but Wahlberg and Washington, they're great together. Oh man, I've, I I liked Edward James almost. I liked Bill Paxton, but I thought the majority of anything good that came from this film came from the chemistry between Washington and Wahlberg. Yeah, definitely, absolutely. That that's I mean, without them, this film would not have been anything. Uh, oh, no, not at all. Yeah, it certainly didn't uh, have a lot of other merits other than these the chemistry between these two. You know, and, and, and that's not to say, like, again, you know, Olmos and uh, Paxton were great, as was James Marsden. Again, I, I I like James Marsden. I think he's great. And he was good here. Um, but, but you know, without, without uh, Denzel Washington and Mark Wahlberg, and, and strangely, it's just, I, I kind of liken it to, um, please tell me, please tell me you've seen Men in Black. Yes. Okay. I kind of liken it to uh, the Tommy Lee Jones versus... Um, uh, uh, Will Smith, um, where you know it's it's kind of like oil and water. They but but yet it works really well together. It's the same sort of thing. I mean, it's different, but it's the same sort of thing where they're completely different from each other, and you throw them together, and you just got the humor, the dry humor, and the over the top humor, and and it, it it just it just works. Right. It really gives them the opportunity to play off each other a little bit more. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and 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 you know, again, it's it's like, hmm. I'm trying to think of a, of a good a good example. Uh, it's it's like two foods that you wouldn't expect to mix together and to be good, even though you like them on their own, and and yet uh-huh. they are good together too, which which surprises you. I, um, I, I think maybe most people might might like like okay. Do you like peanut butter? I do. And do you like bananas? Yes. Have you ever had them together? I don't think so. You need to try that because that's really good. Okay. <laughs> that's a, that's that sort of mind. that's the sort of thing it is. Yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah, so Edward James almost he was great, and and man, Bill Paxton was breathtakingly evil, wasn't he? <laughs> he was. I mean, I, I have problems with his character, but he played it very well. Well, sure. I mean, I think that's the point. Is you're supposed to have well, problems yeah, with his course. character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, he he really. Uh, I think what, what's the term these these big film critics use? Chewed on the scenery. Um, I think you know he, he. I mean, he immediately the first almost the first thing he does when you see him in the films, he shoots a guy's kneecap off. <laughs> I mean, uh-huh. and without <laughs> flinching or hesitating, he just uh, well, let's see, Russian roulette. He, he you know he spins a thing and he points out. Oh, look look at that first time. You know, <laughs> and you're like, whoa, this guy's evil. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, uh, Chad, do you have anything else that you want to tell us about that you like before we move on to our dislikes? Not particularly. No, that's not good. You have uh, well, like I said, I, I really enjoyed Wash- Washington and Wahlberg together, and I thought that they the jokes that they played with each other worked very well. I thought that their dialogue with each other went very well, and basically, anytime they were on screen, I was enjoying it. And good. so, while I did enjoy more than dislike this film or i guess i could say i'm on the fence um i most of my positive comments come from that yeah all right well let's uh let's dive in and talk a little bit about what we might not have liked about this film And again this is one of those films that i find that's a little bit difficult to talk a lot about which is why i'm glad we have so much more to the show than just the main movie review right uh because you know i neither i neither really liked it nor really disliked it although there is one thing that, that i really disliked We'll get to that. Um, but but here's the first thing. What was the purpose of setting fire to the diner in the beginning? I, I didn't understand. Like, in the, I, I expected that to be explained somewhere in the film. Like, oh, the reason they did it was because it gave them a tactical advantage here. and they did it. But, but no, the only purpose it served was to throw us into the film in a way that's like, oh, these two guys are evil. They just set fire to the diner, and then they're off doing, you know, three days earlier or whatever it was. And, and then, yeah. we, and, and like, it served no purpose. Not only that, it seems like it would have made the the scene of the crime for the bank robbery that they were about to pull off a hot spot that unwanted attention yeah i i don't know i mean i think the whole point was to play off that joke with the the phrase that's not a phrase that 
uh, best donut shop in town. Don't rob a bank across from the place that has the best donuts in town or something like that. I guess. And so I don't know, but it, it's, you're right. It's not a very good reason. Yeah. And I, I just didn't understand it in the, in the totality of the film. Like I didn't get what their point was or what the point of doing it was. I, I just didn't understand it. It just seemed really dumb. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, my biggest problem with the film though, was the CIA. Uh, well, really everybody's what you've already touched on. Everybody's a villain. And I, it didn't bother me so much in the case of the Navy because the guy who was responsible, uh, I guess we should say spoilers. The guy who was responsible, um, was sort of cut off. I mean, they, they, they cut off the arm to stop it from, stop the disease from spreading is the analogy they gave in the film. Yeah. And that didn't bother me. But then in the CIA, it was just full on CIA guys paying the cartel and killing people in the DEA and it just didn't feel right to me, and I didn't like that at all. Yeah, well, we—I mean, I suppose you could maybe tell yourself a story like, well, he was a rogue CIA, and the the real CIA like wouldn't really endorse that. They, you know, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing, kind of thing. But you're right that it was one of the major problems of this film is that everybody's a bad guy, including the good guys. What you who you would think would be the good guys? I mean, I'm not a big fan, maybe, of the CIA in general and the idea of covert, you know, things. Except, yeah. except for during wartime, maybe possibly, but but you ex- at the same time there's an expectation that they're the good they they are the good guys they're on the they're on the they're wearing the white hats I, I suppose you might say, and yeah it, it definitely um yeah I don't know what else to say about it just it was a little bit kind of irritating yeah it, I mean it, that's that was my biggest problem with the film and I, I don't know I just wish that. Uh, the government and people associated with it in the military weren't all associated with evil. Yeah. All right. This one is going to, I don't know how long it's going to take to talk about this. It may just be me pontificating for a minute and then we move on, or maybe something we talk about a little more. But one of the things that I didn't expect in this film, even though, I mean, I knew I was going into an R rated film and that it would be bloody and violent and that sort of thing. But I don't remember seeing anything that indicated that I was going to get a little bit of nudity. And normally, I'm aware of that going into a film, like, oh, this is going to have a, a scene or two, that, and, and I don't remember seeing that for this film. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention or didn't look for it. So I was a little shocked when, uh, not very far into the film, uh, we've got upper body nudity from Paula Patton. It's not much. It's almost more like glimpses. But that just, you know, instantly for me, that is a full star rating drop. I mean, that is so not necessary. It objectifies women. It detracts from the story and the storytelling. It is not cool. I agree. I mean, the whole point of the scene obviously was to show that the relationship between uh, her character and Washington's character are intimate. But I think they could have done that clothed or at least barely clothed. How many PG-13 movies have you seen where they demonstrated the exact same thing about the characters without showing us the naked body of some woman? Oh, plenty. I agree. Yeah, like I said, it's completely not necessary. There are ways to do the exact same thing without that. The only reason that's in the film is for the male viewership of the audience so that they can, you know, you know what I'm saying. Yes, I I understand, TJ. (laughs) It's just – like I said, that is a full star rating drop for me. Like I've never made an exception. That's my general rule of thumb, and I call it a rule of thumb because I'm willing to make an exception if there was a reason to. I didn't see a reason to, and so that is a full star rating drop. I would have given this film three stars, but nope, I can't do it now. So, I mean, I, and I'm willing to put up with the blood and the violence in an R-rated movie. I'm just not willing to put up with that. And, and and it's really, like, it's really disrespectful to your audience and to your to the women in the film, to, to women in general. It's extremely disrespectful to do that. And, and, and it really, it really frustrates me. I'm just going to go on just a little bit more. It really <laughs> frustrates me that Paula Patton would have agreed to do this because before I liked her well enough as an actress. I liked her in Ghost Protocol. Um, there was something else I saw her and I can't remember. I liked her and I liked her here. I just, it's just like, you just lose all respect. It's like, oh, you're willing to take your clothes off for, to be on the big screen. No, I'm sorry. That's just not cool. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> anyway, that's. I'm not as outspoken as you, but I agree. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, that's 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 me pontificating about that. So um, I don't I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else? Not really. I mean, we already touched on it earlier, but the the convolutedness of the plot. I mean, it, I I followed it. My my roommate and I we saw it together, 
when we got in the car and on the way home, we were breaking the entire story down what happened. And we, we were able to do so relatively easily. But it just felt like the twists and turns, they were almost too much for me. Yeah, I, I didn't find that to be the case particularly. And and uh, so, but I, I can see how that maybe could be the case. I, I can certainly see it. But I, yeah. I didn't find it to be the case. And yet, at the same time, you rate it. It looks like I'm looking. I'm looking ahead in the outline here. You rate it just a little bit higher than I did. But that again, like I said, other than the if it hadn't had the nudity from Paula Patton, I would have given it three out of five stars. So I would have rated it a little higher than you. But right. But as it is, I give it two out of five stars. And you give it. I give it two and a half, and it's just entirely one hundred one hundred percent because of Washington and Wahlberg. Yeah. Okay. IMDb, it's getting a 7, 7.0 out of 10. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, the critics are uh, 60% like it, and uh, 75% of the audience likes it. Um, and uh, you know what? It's, it's uh, boy, I, I probably won't ever watch it again, especially just because of how disrespectful I feel it is to women and to me as the audience to, to do what they did with Paul Patton. Um, but it's probably worth watching once. I would just recommend that you, uh, get it with clear play or something on the DVD, uh, and watch it that way. What do you think? I agree. And so you think it's worth seeing once? I think seeing it at least once, just so you can enjoy the Washington and Wahlberg banter between each other and all of their scenes. I think it's worth seeing it for that, but everything else, uh, is forgettable. Yeah. Agreed. Well, I think that concludes this episode, Chad. So um, you're going to be gone for the next two weeks. You've got college starting, I guess, and you're just a slacker in general. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah, Uh, yeah. I got to go to school, Uh, I guess. I mean, it's not as important, but. (laughs) (laughs) So next week, uh, Fizz is going to be back on the show to review Elysium with me. And then the week after that, Joe will be on the show with me to talk about Percy Jackson. What's this one called? The Lightning Thief, I think. Or is that the first one? I don't know. Uh, that's the first one. Isn't this like Sea of Monsters or something? Yeah, yeah, like there that? you go. Sea of Monsters. See, you can tell, you can tell I'm vested I am in this series. No, I'm going to watch <laughs> it. I just don't, didn't remember which name went with which. I'm going to watch the first one. I, I kind of have, I feel like I'm going to like it, but I just haven't had time. So I'm going to get into that. This uh, probably, I will probably watch, mm, maybe not this one, maybe Saturday. I might watch Percy Jackson. I have the DVD. Like I got it for Christmas, like not long after it came out. Um, so anyway, I will probably watch, uh, Percy Jackson, the the first one, and then I'll be all prepared and I will definitely be watching Elysium, uh, this Friday. So I recommend you do the same if you want to, uh, catch next week's show. Well, that's it for us. If you want to follow Chad online, where can people do that, Chad? I write at chadlikesmovies.com. I tweet at, uh, twitter.com slash chadadada, C-H-A-D-A-D-A-D-A. And at facebook.com slash chad.hopkins. All right. And if you would like to follow me and the stuff that I'm up to, uh, sometimes I binge tweet and you can follow me on Twitter, uh, TJ Draper Pro. Mm, excuse me. You can uh, keep up with the work that I do, um, the writing and, and things like that. I prepare posts uh, that go out every single day on moviebyte.com. Um, you can uh, find the show notes for this episode at moviebyte.com slash mbpodcast slash 55. That's also where you'll find the comments for this episode. If you want to chat chat with us about what we talked about, you can do so in the comments there, and uh, we'll be glad to interact with you there. Uh, I get an email every time someone comments on the site, and so I will see it and interact with you, and that's a fun way to uh, have interaction with us on that. We definitely appreciate your review. If you like the show, please go to iTunes, look up Movie Byte Podcast, and uh, review, give us a five-star rating. We would love that. And uh, that's all we have for this week. I hope that you will uh, check us out next week. We'll be live at the same time with a different host. So check us out next week. We'll see you then. 